0: going on family happy wednesday welcome to another edition of the faction i am gerard bonner it is great to have you guys rocking with us today i am just so appreciative of all things connected to the faction and all of you guys who continue to support all of the things that we are doing whether that is on the socials at the faction show Or if that happens to be via podcast, as you are a subscriber, thank you so much. These things mean the absolute world. And so if you're brand new to us, welcome aboard. This is a great place where we discuss all things pro wrestling and all things kind of adjacent as well, but primarily pro wrestling. From there, if you are not subscribed, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you are listening to us. If you're not following us, you can do that at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. You can definitely check us out in any of those spaces. So there is certainly a lot of news to get to, and one of the pieces of news that we kind of have to cover deals with something that happened this past Friday. That is the Georgia Wrestling History Awards and Gala. It was the first official award show, in-person award show, for this awards ceremony that's really been going on now for about 12 or 13 years, maybe even a little longer. And so shout out to the organizers, Najasism, Tyreek Robinson, and several others who put together an absolutely stupendous show. Everybody who attended absolutely loved it. The layout was beautiful. Being able to connect with our Georgia wrestling community was absolutely special. One of the cool things that happened is I did have the opportunity along with my V3 family, Brandon Benefield and Diana Michelle to host the event. So we were hosting all night long. It was absolutely fantastic. And all three of us did win the awards that we were nominated for. So Diana Michelle, once again, is ring announcer of the year and yours truly, along with Brandon Benefield, are once again your commentary team of the year for the state of Georgia. So very exciting times now to be three-time winners of that award it's just amazing I am honored I am appreciative I do have the acceptance speech and footage from that on my Instagram and Facebook pages so you guys are more than welcome to check that out at Bonnerfied but just a great great moment and it really does feel like this is a landmark year for really not just pro wrestling but the things that I've personally desired to do in this business and so I hope you guys are enjoying the journey and i appreciate so many of you who have had such kind words to say over this last month and really over the last few years as well it has really been something very very special so then family with all of that said Let's get into this wrestling action because there's a lot to talk about. I want to start here with Raw 30. Well, actually, no. Let's rewind. Let's go back to this past weekend and we'll come back to Raw 30. So this past weekend, some major things happened across the pond. For one, there was Wrestle Kingdom 17 Day Two. So if you're unfamiliar Wrestle Kingdom of course is the marquee event for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Last year it was a three day event where there were two consecutive days on the 4th and the 5th of January, and then the third day happened on January the 8th, and it was kind of a first of its kind for Wrestle Kingdom, as it was the stars of Pro Wrestling NOAH taking on the stars of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So this was obviously a very, very big deal. This year, they moved Wrestle Kingdom from a three-day event to a two-day event, and really it was not two consecutive days. There was the January 4th event, which was kind of the worldwide phenomenon that a lot of people were tuned in for, which saw the debut of Mercedes Monet in New Japan Pro Wrestling, along with Kazuchika Okada becoming the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Several other things happened on that particular card, but Wrestle Kingdom Night 2 ended up happening this past weekend. And once again, it was a scenario where it was New Japan Pro Wrestling taking on Pro Wrestling Noah. So then, we'll talk a little bit about what happened at that event because certainly while that particular card saw really the best of New Japan Pro Wrestling taking on the best of Pro Wrestling NOAH, It was what happened during a tag team match that has the entire wrestling world talking. So there was a tag team match that saw members of Pro Wrestling NOAH, Yoshiki Inamura, and the GHC Heavyweight Champion Kaito Kayamaya taking on the team from New Japan of Togi Makabe and the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Kazuchika Okada. Well, during this match, It got pretty heated. Particularly there was a moment where Kato Kayamaya came into the ring and, you know, had a couple of kicks on Okada. Okada really wasn't paying attention to it. So Kayamaya turns around and kicks Okada flush in the face. That caused Okada to snap. And what was at one point a wrestling contest turned into a Pier 6 brawl between these two. It was crazy. The footage of it is out there. We may even put the footage on our socials. It was just a crazy, crazy moment. Equipment was broken. People were choked. Folks were bleeding. Like It was just a wild, wild fight. That led to Kayamaya actually issuing a challenge to kazuchika Okada for a match. The match itself is now scheduled to take place on February the 21st in the Tokyo Dome as part of the upcoming pay-per-view for KG Muto's final match. Now, if you're unfamiliar with who KG Muto is, KG Muto many have argued is the person behind the great muda i don't know if we actually have a way to prove that or not but the great muda had his final match over the weekend which i'll talk about in a little bit but kg muto is going to have his final match february the 21st where oddly enough he takes on tetsuya naito now, where all of this becomes really important is, again, you've got on one side a match that is now signed between the GHC World Champion Kato Kayamaya and the IWGP World Champion Kazuchika Okada. There's a lot of history in terms of this particular match. It really goes back to a year ago when there was a tag team match in the Yokohama Arena where, where oddly enough, Kayamaya and Keiji Muto were teaming up against Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Okada and Tanahashi won that match. Meanwhile, Kayamaya was very bitter, was very upset, and it is now believed that that kick that he gave over the weekend to Okada was actually premeditated and intentional. And so, The match has been signed as the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion versus the GHC World Heavyweight Champion. It is a non-title match. The however and comma is, Okada at this point is refusing to have the match. He just will not get in the ring with Kayamaya. So will this match actually happen? We don't know. I will say this. When I saw Kayamaya at the top of the year, he immediately reminded me of a young Okada. So seeing these two now getting ready to battle, maybe, maybe not. It all gets very interesting, but that has been massive news coming out of Japan. The next day was the final match for the great Muda in a pay-per-view that Pro Wrestling Noah called Bye Bye. Just for the record, I hate that name, right? But it was a big card, nine big matches on that card. Kaya Maya was on that card as well. But the main event saw an incredible six-man tag team match. So the six-man tag team match saw the Great Muta team with Sting and Darby Allen to take on Akira, Naomi,chi Marafuji, And Hakushi. Now, if that name Hakushi sounds familiar to wrestling fans, if you were watching the WWE during the New Generation and then part of the Attitude Era, you will have seen... Hakushi who also spent some time in ECW. Well Hakushi literally looks the same as he did some 20 plus years ago. This was a very very special six man tag match that did see the great Muda Sting and Darby Allen. By the way, this was Darby Allen's debut in Japan. It saw them win that particular match and the great Muda wins his final match impressive for sure great things happening on that particular pay-per-view by the way if you don't have access to pro wrestling noah you can check out wrestle universe which is an app that you can get on your phone or on your tablet And you can check out all things Pro Wrestling Noah. It's pretty awesome to check that out and to be able to see these things happen in real time is very neat. So congratulations to the great Muda. Congratulations to Darby Allen, successful in his debut in Japan. Congratulations to Sting. And that may be Sting's final match in Japan. I say that because there is a lot of talk that this could be the final year of Sting in a pro wrestling ring i don't doubt it it makes sense sting is 63 years old yeah so with that said major moment there for the great muda sting and darby allen but yeah there's a lot going on in the land of the rising sun and it's a big deal it's a very very big deal so we'll be keeping you posted on what's going on with Kazuchika Okada, Kato, Kayamaya, and really everything else connected to that massive card that's coming on February the 21st. Indeed, the final match, or so we believe, for K.G. Muto. With that said, we're going to move into a massive moment that happened, of course, this Monday night. That being Raw 30, a huge card, that's had a lot of conversation coming out of it. We'll get into all of that conversation, the implications, and our thoughts on Raw 30 when we come back. You know it's the Mac militant coming to get it on. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Dawn, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's real talk, players. Holla, holla, holla. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So What are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But that I started to see all the things that he was doing. They were starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over their life? I'm gonna do that. I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen? To the idea? And we're going to pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Yes. How about that? Oh. The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever going to happen here for it a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, if this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there is a and there is a you that will always be S.H. SHW. I got a lot left in the time. What's up guys? This is Mark here in the World Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to the faction. All right, family. So it was a very, very big night this past Monday night on Monday Night Raw as Raw actually celebrated its 30th anniversary. Now, the actual 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw was January the 11th. However, in comma, for them, it made more sense to actually have a massive event connected to it. And so they did huge event in philadelphia leading us into the royal rumble this saturday night so first let's talk about what went well? So originally scheduled, it was supposed to be an appreciation service for the tribal chief where it was promoted that pretty much every generation of the bloodline would be represented. And a lot of people believed this was going to be our entry point to see the rock show up to ultimately confront Roman Reigns. Well, that was literally changed day of to the tribal court of Sami Zayn. So. Let's just talk about why that happened. Many thought it had everything to do with the WWE's inability to schedule The Rock for this particular episode of Raw. It also has lended itself to the rumor that indeed The Rock may not be at WrestleMania. Well, none of those are true. The reason why the appreciation service for the Tribal Chief did not happen is because Afa and Sika of the Wild Samoans are unable to travel due to health issues. Now what makes that even more significant is that they are actually located there in Pennsylvania, not too terribly far from Philadelphia, However, in comma, it speaks to the health issues. Now, you may not have known they run a wrestling school there in Pennsylvania. And Offa actually has had to close the wrestling school and sell the rings and everything else in there because of his deteriorating health and his inability to actually train the folks that come through that school. So Thoughts and prayers certainly for Atha and Sika for a speedy health recovery. But that led to what many are calling the greatest Monday Night Raw segment of the modern era. And I think that's very safe to say. The emotion, the passion, oh my gosh, all of the things that got us caught up into this tribal court of Sami Zayn, I mean even to the point of Jay Uso coming to save him when Solo Sokoa was getting ready to spike him, like all of it, and then it bleeding into the Raw tag team title match where Jimmy Uso gets injured, Sami Zayn has to jump in to ensure that they retain the tag team titles, like it just, it was masterful, it was perfect, it was beautiful, like yeah, Great, great moment. Cementing the fact that the bloodline right now is the hottest thing in pro wrestling. I don't care what anybody else tells you. The fact that we were so engrossed in that moment was completely special. So, shout out to the bloodline, everybody connected to that. That was absolutely A1 top tier television right there. And if you missed it, go back and watch it. Feel and embrace the emotion because it is is special let me talk about another major moment that happened and that was la knight calling out a legend a wwe legend to show up and perhaps encounter him well we did not know who the legend would be there were a number of legends that were already there at raw any of them could have obviously given us a moment but the one that did was The Undertaker. When we heard the gong, we all went crazy. But then after a while he didn't show up, only then to have the music change to the music from Kid Rock, which now told us we were getting the biker version, the ABA version of The Undertaker. And that is a completely different thing that we have, we've not seen that in many, many years. And he came out on his bike What a moment that was. Well, he seemingly would ultimately chase L.A. Knight out of the ring. L.A. Knight gives him a pass. The lights go out. We then hear the music of Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt comes into the ring. There's a choke, a goozle, dare I say, from The Undertaker to L.A. Knight. Who passes LA Knight over to Bray Wyatt. And then we get to see Bray Wyatt's first physical action since he returned this past summer. And that, of course, was a Sister Abigail. So while I'm here on Bray Wyatt, before I get to the Bray Wyatt Undertaker moment, let's rewind back to Friday, where we saw the return of the Firefly Funhouse. So I saw a lot of questions saying, okay, did we wait all of this time from Bray Wyatt just to get the Firefly Funhouse? And I have a theory, because there were people that were confused. My theory is this, if you remember, Uncle Howdy has been trying to convince Bray Wyatt that he needs to go back to the dark side. Well, I believe part of him returning to the dark side has been this moment of reopening the Firefly Funhouse. Now, does the Firefly Funhouse remain as a permanent fixture? I don't think so I think it's just a cog in the wheel there are so many pieces to this Bray Wyatt puzzle that I think will actually start to get some sort of picture of it coming together this coming Saturday now that then features in this moment that happened between Bray Wyatt and The Undertaker, where they come face to face and then Taker whispers something in Bray Wyatt's ear. Now, right here on this show, for years, you have heard, if you've been following us for years, you have heard Brandon Clack talk very regularly about a moment that needs to happen between The Undertaker and Bray Wyatt, where The Undertaker literally anoints Bray Wyatt as the next carrier of the dark side. I think we could argue that that happened Monday night. It was an incredible moment. We may never know what was said, but it certainly feels as though the proverbial torch has been passed, and it's been passed in a way that we all could recognize. So now this lends ourselves to the question, what in the world are we going to see Saturday night in this pitch black match? Do we see members of the Firefly Funhouse? Do we see Uncle Howdy? Do we see anything? Because it's pitch black, right? All of that is going to be determined, obviously, this Saturday night at the Royal Rumble, which I think will be special. Of course, we had at the end of Monday Night Raw, we had Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory for the US Championship, where we get a shocker, the return of Brock Lesnar, who comes in f5s both competitors and the perfect f5 of austin theory onto bobby lashley theory gets the win definitely seems as though we are on the road to brock lesnar versus bobby lashley part three which if you're paying any attention seems to make sense as a marquee match for wrestlemania and if it is sign me up let's just consider this they've only fought two times previously Neither of those times have been on the grand stage of WrestleMania. So I think we're on to something very, very big and very, very special. Now, one more thing about Monday Night Raw before we move to another side, and that is Monday Night Raw delivered the highest domestic gate in the history of Monday Night Raw. That is significant. So think about all the Monday Night Raws that have happened. This Raw 30 in Philly. Gave the biggest gate of all time for a Monday Night Raw. So congratulations to Monday Night Raw. And I think this all speaks to the great demand for WWE right now. WWE is in a renaissance. Even with the controversy around potential sale and everything else, it seems as though the in-ring content, there is a demand for it. Thanks to Triple H. And on top of that demand, they have managed to keep us focused on what's going on in-ring in spite of what could be happening outside of the ring. Now then, let's move to the moments that have created controversy and that have kept everybody talking. So one of the advertised matches was the cage match between Bailey and Becky Lynch. It had been advertised. It was the first cage match between women in WWE in well over a decade. This was a serious and significant moment that was scheduled to happen between two of the biggest names in the history of Monday Night Raw's women's division. And then what happened? Well, there was a beatdown before the cage match started which I thought would lead into Becky Lynch obviously being injured, trying to fight through this and have this cage match. Instead, the cage match gets canceled because it seems as though Becky can't continue. So now we've gotta start asking ourselves questions. Why in the world would two of the biggest stars in WWE end up off of this show? Why would a cage match, which is certainly a special attraction, be off of this show? well it's a problem think about this outside of that moment the only time women were represented on monday night raw's 30th anniversary was a segment involving bianca belair and charlotte flair the two women's champions that ends up getting interrupted by sonia deville which turns into a makeshift match between sonia deville and bianca belair so we preempted a, an advertised cage match to give us an unadvertised match like this. Yeah, so where were the women? I don't know. Now, the other sad part about it is apparently the Bella Twins were in Philly prepared to come to Raw, but when they found out how little the women would be used, they refused to show. And that is actually documented on their Instagram Live. Let's also talk about this. Let's talk about the poor use of the legends for Monday Night Raw. The bulk of the legends were relegated to a poker game. Diamond Dallas Page, Alundra Blaze, like are you serious right now? Both of them had significant moments connected to Monday Night Raw. I I just was blown away in the way in which legends were used. And how in the world did Monday Night Raw actually begin With Hulk Hogan Hulk Hogan who did not really participate in much of Monday Night Raw Hulk Hogan who showed up on Monday Night Raw as WWE purchased the contract of WCW took him a year to get here he had a bit of a run in that one year which I believe was 2002 and then after that there wasn't much Hulk Hogan on Monday Night Raw because Hulk Hogan spent more time on Smackdown So Hulk Hogan starting Monday Night Raw, there still has not been an apology or a mea culpa from Hulk Hogan to people of color. And so that kind of set, I think, a bad taste in many people's mouths for Monday Night Raw. The DX segment, while DX certainly was important to the history of Monday Night Raw, definitely felt like it went a bit long, unnecessarily, no less. So yeah. Yeah. On one hand, there were some great moments given to us by Monday Night Raw. On another hand, I feel like Monday Night Raw 30 did not fully represent very well the history of Monday Night Raw. How do you exclude the women's movement from a look back or from honoring Monday Night Raw? How do you not really highlight the influence of the African-American wrestler on Monday Night Raw. Think about it. Sure, they showed us a random moment with Mark Henry. And of course, you're going to include The Rock. But we didn't talk about the impact of a Ron Simmons, of an Ahmed Johnson, who was the first African American to hold a singles title in WWE and he won that championship at a pay-per-view but defended several times on Monday Night Raw and his wars with the Nation of Domination were certainly pivotal in the early days of Monday Night Raw. Speaking of the Nation of Domination we didn't talk much about the impact of the Godfather D'Lo Brown not even emphasis on Booker T for crying out loud who was a world champion and a multiple-time tag team champion. We didn't talk much about Kofi Kingston, who was a multi-time tag champion and intercontinental champion on Monday Night Raw. Like a, just a lot of things that should have happened to acknowledge all of these spaces did not. Maybe the answer was having Raw 30 over two weeks. Or maybe even the entire month of January dedicated to 30 years of Monday Night Raw because it is hard to encapsulate 30 years in three hours. But with that said, I think there had to be a much more intentional presentation that fully represented all things Monday Night Raw. And speaking of that, how is it that we have footage? of people who have left the company, like Jericho, The Big Show, and Christian, who are all currently signed to AEW. But when Charlotte Flair announces the women that helped to make her a 14-time champion, there was no mention of Sasha Banks. There were no visuals of Sasha Banks. The wars between Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair on Monday Night Raw over the Raw Women's Championship were epic. How do we leave that out? So. It's hard for me to give Monday Night Raw 30 an amazing A when they left out so many important things. I want to get your thoughts on Raw 30. So hit us up on the socials at Bonnerfied and let us know. So we're going to do our best to get you a royal rumble preview show before saturday hopefully we should be able to pull that off for you so you can get your previews in i know there are some people who wait for those kinds of shows so we'll do our best to get that to you as well tonight should be interesting of course as we continue the story of all things aew on dynamite tonight and we'll talk about some other things obviously in the days and weeks to come stay connected to our socials as we'll have lots of news hitting there as well but until next time representing for my good brother Brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the Fourth Horseman John Murray. I am Gerard Bonner, and this is the faction. Salute my